0: listeners, what's up? Jeff Zimper, your host for the Mortgage Marketing Radio Podcast. Hey, before we get into today's episode, would you do me a favor? Uh, I know you hear me ask for reviews on this podcast, and usually I'm asking those reviews be left wherever you're listening on this podcast uh, platform. You know, It's Apple, Spotify, typically is where you're listening. Um, but I, here's what I realized. Uh, I was actually just on a call with somebody, and uh, what they pointed out was that uh, I'm going to be honest and transparent with you. Okay? My Google reviews are weak, and that is unacceptable for me because i'm a huge advocate of the google business profile i teach google business profile classes to help realtors and mortgage professionals and others optimize their google presence and here's what i realized the other day i'm like the the you know the cobbler whose kids have no shoes So what I'm going to ask, if you wouldn't mind, is there's a link in the show notes here that is going to be, you know, leave a review on Google is probably what it'll say, or leave a review, right? And it'll be a link to my Google business profile. If you wouldn't mind taking a moment to leave me a review there about how you've enjoyed the value of the podcast and content you've got, the impact it's had on your business, I would greatly appreciate that. And then if you want to be gutsy and you want to DM me the fact that you left a review, I'll have a special surprise bonus thank you gift for you for doing that. Okay? Okay. So I appreciate you guys for doing that. And that's just because I want to build up my Google business profile presence. And by the way, if you haven't, you should too, because that is part of the consumer journey. They're checking you out on Google, just like some of y'all listening right now have probably looked me up on Google and said, what? Three reviews on Google? So would you help me? I'm pleading. Help me, help me get more reviews. Link is in the show notes, or you can just go to Google, right? And look up Mortgage Marketing Institute But probably easier if you just scroll through your phone or listening right now and tap that link that says leave a review. Appreciate that. Okay, and one more thing before we forget. Of course, I'm coming to you with another success story from the trenches. Uh, And this is for once again one of our pro members. As you guys know, the name of the game today is land grab, market share grab. Uh, The tide has gone out. There are agents leaving the business. Yes, but the good news is uh, that means there's less competition. Uh, And that, um, you know, the rising tide reveals who's left naked. I've said that before, Um, but here's what I wanted to share with you. Like if you've identified and realized that real estate agents should be, and are a key pillar of your business, not the only pillar, but a key pillar of your business. The question is, how do you pursue agents? How do you get those engagements, conversations? How do you get awareness? How do you not show up like everybody else and, and, and put yourself at a disadvantaged position? See, because most originators are positioning themselves as a solicitor or a vendor. Right, and that's all about you. You're there to get, or if you're a vendor, yeah, you're a vendor. Like, who the hell wants to be a vendor, right? Do you? I don't want to be a vendor. I want to be a partner because a vendor is simply a place to get something. It's a place to transact, and a vendor is not seen as an equal. A vendor is not seen as a peer. And what we want to do is show up in our current market, and when we're attempting to engage with real estate agents and get engagement, get conversations. We want to leapfrog from solicitor and vendor to peer right, and partner and ultimately becoming mentor and leader. See, as I've said before, if you expect to earn their business, you need to become part of their business. And one of the easiest ways to do that is help them solve problems. And this is what we do with our members of the Mortgage Marketing Pro community through our My Agent Classes platform. We help them solve problems. We help them solve marketing problems. We help them solve business planning problems, social media, video marketing, et cetera. Google business profile problems. That's one of the classes our members teach is how to optimize your Google business profile to get more reviews, to show up on page one of Google and so forth. I thought I'd share with you. I've got so many testimonials. I don't remember what I share when, but here's the latest one or one I'm sharing today. Johnny Walker out of Florida. Uh, Shawnee says she's doing her second class in 30 days, which is what my best members do two a month on average, maybe one virtual, one in person. She got three applications in yesterday sent to her from agents who attended her class that she set meetings with those agents afterwards. Wow. Here's another one. Another one. By the way, uh, uh, Carmel is always showing up on my list of uh, success stories because she is a rock star. She did a class today. 25 agents registered, 16 showed up, eight out of the 16 were heavy hitters attending her class for the first time. It actually took some time and effort to get those heavy hitters to show up at her class, but they did. She scheduled three appointments immediately after the class and two others ending, following up. So one class, five appointments in one hour booked, and some of those are heavy hitters how else are you getting in front of agents? What's your strategy? If you want a better strategy and plan, if you want to go from solicitor and vendor to partner and peer, go check out mortgagemarketing.pro. Watch the video there, the testimonials I've got there, and book a call with me to see if it's a fit for you. All right. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode where my special guests are Andy Stewart and Dave Hendrickson, both from the homeside group of Mortgage companies the family of companies under the homeside umbrella and uh as you'll hear Andy talk about you know he's a VP of ops uh and Dave is a senior vice president of sales and business development and this is my, not my normal podcast discussion i wanted to have a discussion with these guys cuz i thought it would be interesting i thought i would learn a few things talking with them and i did and i thought you might too and the the t- the title of this episode is the truth about recruiting the reason why I wanted to bring this to you guys is because, look at in this market, there's a lot of shifting going on. There's some movement, right? Um, and you may yourself may be considering a change. And both Andy and Dave, because they've been in the industry for 20 plus years, have seen and heard it all when it comes to recruiting. Is the grass really greener? Hey, watch out for those signing bonuses that they're they're you know dangling uh, at you like a carrot on the end of a stick. What's the truth? What's real? What's not real? how to know when it is time to make a move, what do you really look for if you're considering another company, and when to not move, when is the wrong time to not move and stay where you are. we talk about those things and more on today's episode. And if you want to connect with those guys, Andy and Dave, that link is in the show notes as well. So hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into this week's show. Andy and Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for Thanks for having us. It's my pleasure. So let's do this. When I have two people on, usually as guests, we got to identify who's who. So I'm going to pick just because so nobody freezes like a deer in the headlights. So why don't we start with you, Andy, who are you? What do you do?
1: Uh, My name is Andy Stewart. I am a VP in operations and run a team within the homeside lower family of companies. And I've been in the mortgage space for gosh, 20, 22 years now. Wow.
0: Yeah, that's uh, a long time. <laughs> usually, I usually say congratulations and condolences on that one. But, uh, drum snare. Uh, okay, <laughs> thank you for that. Hey, Dave, same question for you. Who are you and uh, what do you do?
2: Yeah, Dave Hendrickson, uh, also part of the ho- uh, homeside Lower Family. Really have been searching for a title for the better part of 23 years. But I guess if you're looking at chart, it would be SVP of, of Sales and Business Development.
0: Okay. What do you mean when you say Lower... You know, what was that description you used?
2: Lower is just the holding company um, for the company we work with. So, uh, lower.com, and it's a a subsidiary of that is Homeside Financial.
0: Okay, got it. Thank you very much. Okay, cool. So, we're here today to talk about. I was trying to come up with a catchy title. We're talking about the truth about recruiting. That's what we're going with here today. Because, you know, we're in a market where there's some shifting happening in a lot of different ways. And uh, there are loan officers listening to this right now who have already made a move or who are potentially contemplating a move. And so what we want to do is kind of unpack um, the truth about recruiting, some things to look out for. And you guys are obviously experts at this. So I want, so, so by the way, for those listening right now, this isn't a thinly veiled recruiting pitch for you. This is, you know, Dave and Andy came to me by way of John Cornish, who's been on our podcast twice now. Um, And I've got some connections and relationships to the people over there. And I thought, you know, per John's idea, it would be a good, good conversation to have for our listeners. So that if you are thinking about a move, like, what do you look for? And I think, you know, Dave and Andy are great Based on the conversation we had last week, great tips and conversation around that. So, um, when w- what are the first things if somebody's considering a move, and you guys can decide how you take this, right? Uh, either one of you go first. Um, if I'm a loan officer and I've been at my company whatever period of time, you know, and I'm thinking like, hmm, I don't know if this is the right place for me, and I'm going to start looking. What advice would you have for that person who's in that framework? <clears throat>
2: I can tell I can start this, Andy, and if you want to parlay on it, that'd be great. But my first question is always why? Like, why are you leaving the place that you've been loyal to for X amount of years? What happened there to get you to this point? So I don't think it would be this is my opinion, right? I don't think everybody's gonna have the same drive to leave a company. Are they leaving a leader? Are they leaving a company? Did they realize that their comp plan's not as good as they thought it was? Are they losing to the competition on rate, product, service? I think there's a lot of different answers there, Jeff, but I would always want to know what got you to the point where you wanted to peek over the fence?
0: Yeah, that's a good good question. I'm thinking, do I want to role play with that? But of course, there's like 10 different answers to that. Um, Andy, you have anything you want to add on top yeah, of
1: that? I, look, I, my, mine's kind of a... a taking that answer and i guess trying to simplify it and i always ask if somebody's wanting to i'm like are you running away from something or are you running to something mm. right because if you're running away from something you're going to find yourself in a position that you you thought the grass was greener and it really isn't but if you're running to something you actually know what you're looking forward to and there is a plan in place for you to move forward so i think that's always my first question like if you like There's bad days in the mortgage business, and if you have a bad day and and somebody calls you at the right time, it sounds exciting. Are you running away from a problem that
0: can be solved,
1: or are you running to something that that problem won't exist or rear its head? And I think those are the things you need to ask yourself.
0: Yeah. Well, you said something a moment ago, Dave, uh, are you leaving a leader or are you leaving a company? And that reminds me of a quote. Um, I'd be curious to get your feedback on this is people don't leave companies, they leave leaders. And I don't know where I stand on that in terms of belief, but I think it's an interesting one to chew on for a bit. So I'll toss that your way. What do you say to that, Dave?
2: I do. I come from that same belief, Jeff. I think people lead people. I think in today's market, uh, what we're facing is a little different. I think loyalty is only going to go so far. And I think regardless of the production level that the individual does or the branch or regional manager, we're getting to a point where finances are becoming tight in the mortgage industry for 80 to 85% of the entire industry, regardless of the level, right? We all know that lifestyles are adjusted based on expected and past earnings. And if everyone's income's cut in half, are they prepared to weather the storm, right? So I do believe people leave people. I think this next nine months, though, loyalty is going to be very challenging because if you can't pay the water bill, you know, are you still going to be loyal to Dave Hendrickson and Andy Stewart? And the answer is no, you're going to be loyal to your family. So I do believe people leave people, but I think in this upcoming nine months, it's going to be tough to say that.
0: Yeah. Um, And then loyalty can like, you know, everybody has their price, right? So let's talk a little bit about some of these, some of the siren songs of signing bonuses that are waved in front of these producers that get them to put loyalty in question and leave for, like you said earlier, the greener grass or what they think is going to be that better solution because there's a big fat check waiting. That comes with it a bunch. That's kind of a hairy, hairy ball there to deal with, right, if you will. Um, let's unpack that for a little bit. I don't know if Andy, you want to kind of take that. What, what, what do people need to look out, be cautious of if they've if they're blinded by the bonus?
1: <laughs> well, look, I th- to me, I think if you understand what kind of is, uh, I'm going to use the word trending in the business, right? So, and if somebody is an anomaly out there, why is that, right? If someone said, I'm going to pay you, you know, 2X on your production and someone else says, I'm going to pay you 7X, or, or, tell me why, right? What, what about... What's that? that yeah, possible? correct. Yeah. Correct. It's, it is, it's like, is it too good to be true? Um, and, and more times than not, uh, it is. <laughs> I don't know how else to
0: say it. Um, I think that, the, you know, right, let me ask, let me ask it this way as well. Should people leave just for the bonus?
1: I, I, I think to Dave's point earlier, I think it depends on where they're at financially with within their family. Um it, your loyalty number one is is to your family, but you got to make sure that if what gets me through these next, you know, nine, 12, 18 months, if that is at the expense of three or four of my top relationships for referral partners, what does, what does that do for me long-term? Right. So what, what is good for me now may not be good for me to tomorrow. And I think that's where, um, I think that's where trouble can arise in terms of the recruiting world is people are looking at what happened. What's, what's today look like? Not tomorrow.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dave, you're welcome to jump in. I'm I'm, I'm creating pregnant pauses on purpose, just in case you want to jump in.
2: (laughs) And I think that Andy nailed it. And I do truly believe that, you know, if you're really a transparent company and try to get in front of people and in full disclosure, we've lost some teams that Andy and I could have done better. We've never blamed home side. It just, what could we have done better to keep them? But I do believe that, you know, we are coming into a unique time and and the decision might be for somebody to just say, I have to take this money and let the market settle down. And I would understand that. And I truly would, but I think a, a transparent company that moves a little forward, we have had conversations with all our leaders That says, look, if they're leaving just for money, let's just talk this through, right? Because could they be making a mistake? There probably is something to work out there to where we could pay some type of retention bonus or something along those lines. Because, you know, I think attrition is going to be the big thing for companies over the next nine months. It's going to be a very big concern for them. I think too many companies are focused right now on recruiting, but if you've got 100 million walking out the back door and 50 million walking in the front, did you really win? And that's where we would hope that people would come to us with the transparency of, hey, it is hard to have that conversation, but good companies have prepared for markets like this. And if they're willing to spend all this money, you know, 30, 40 basis points on the last 12 months production, why are they not willing to take care of the people that they know have been profitable historically with them? So we're really trying to stay in front of that um, and making sure that we have everybody's ear in regards to if you're just leaving for money, come to us.
0: Yeah. And again, that goes back to leadership and relationship. And do you trust that relationship to be able to have that conversation? Um, But you mentioned you think attrition is going to get ugly. Why, Why do you think that is?
2: I just think that, look, if I really look at the signing bonus has been paid to bring this back into recruiting from March of last year through kind of January of 23, Every company, not every company, most companies were banking on a hot spring market, a summer market with rates in the fives, all the experts were saying it was going to happen. And when it didn't hit, they were kind of like, oh, we got to pay less from a standpoint of this. But also with, with them paying less, margins have condensed, and people are just going broke. So I, I truly know this. I mean, everyone thinks, hey, $100 million producers, just to keep it simple, they make a million dollars. Well, they've made a million dollars for the last 10 years. In 20 and 21, they probably made a million and a half or 2 million. But this year and last year, they're on pace to make 400,000 or 300,000 this year, but they've adjusted their lifestyles to the income that they could have counted on the past 10 years. So mm-hmm. they have the house. They haven't overextended themselves. They've just been a victim of the market. So if that individual gets to a point they may just have to take the check. They might have to.
0: Mm, Okay. Got it. Can't sell the lake house. You got to take the check, right? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, but, but also, you know, uh, there are some lessons in there though. Now I get what you're saying. I've been, you know, accustomed, but, but that's this business. We know this business is cyclical and goes up and down. Um, I don't know why this popped in my head, but I remember I was having a conversation with uh, Todd Duncan the other day and he was talking about one of his coaching clients who said, I can't afford it, you know? And the guy had a $900 a month car payment, right? And it's like, what do you mean you can't afford it? Like you got to choose, you know, which one's more important. Yep. So I'm not saying give up the lake house. I'm saying, yeah, people, this is, this is not an easy situation because um, of all the issues we know that come into that. And it's like, if somebody's waving you a check and that's going to buy you another 18 months, whatever, like you said, to cover this kind of phase, you know, all the numbers we're seeing 2024, 25, we're going to see rates come back down four to 5%. So we know there's going to be an uptick there and there's a lot of pent-up demand once again. Um, yeah. I, I I wouldn't want to be in that position. Let's put it that way, myself personally. That'd be a hard yep. choice.
2: I would say, Jeff, I think people prepared for a market that was going to be bad. I don't think any of us thought it was going to be this. And, and if they did, then they probably are retired if they were able to predict that. They won't have to sell. Um, so I, I just think that you know, we're kind of like the, the hourglass is kind of running out of sand and uh-huh. uh, it's going to be really difficult for a lot of people that have been very loyal to their companies for many years.
0: Mm. Okay. So let's do this. Let's go through a couple of questions I've got from our previous conversation for notes. What do you think people um, considering a move? What are the, the most important things that get the top three things they should look for if they're evaluating a change?
1: I, for me, I look, I think part of it is, you know, when we're talking about people leave leadership or, you know, I think that's that should be top priority. I think I think the last of the three should be from a, a compensation perspective. Um, that That's that's where I sit. Um, and, and really, what can it do to improve my business or how can it help me grow my business? Um, so, you know, leadership, how can it help me grow? And then what the comp plan looks like, in my opinion, because again, what we're trying to get through today, isn't what life's going to look like tomorrow. And and you want to position yourself for tomorrow, especially if you are accepting some kind of compensation for a move and there's some sort of two year, three year tag to it. You're there, Uh, you know, so we, if we come out on the other side of this and you don't like it, yeah, you're there.
0: Stuck. Hmm. Well, what's interesting is I didn't hear products in there, which is kind of cool because I think you know too many LOs like that they've got that as the first arrow in their quiver of like products. What do you got for products, man?
1: You know, look, I would tell you if I if I look at holistically, you know, a generalization of a product mix for an originator. of their business is predominantly similar products. Maybe a little bit higher than that, but let's say just say 80%. So there's 20% differential. And when you try and sell a product, what's cool and and flashy about a product is it's, it's there for 60, 90, 120 days. And then if it's an investor that's got a cap space, then they're done. Now the product doesn't exist, right? So as quick as products come in, you see products go. So to try and to try and sell, we've got all these products. Okay, but how long have you had them? How long are you gonna have? Mm -hmm. And so I think product is a tough thing to do, especially when the you know, 80%, 80 plus percent of your business is your standard conventional conforming agency jumbo, government business. It's not the one-offs that that people are talking about. I think. I think products have a lot to do with conversation starters. I don't know that it has a lot to do with building a a business, in my opinion.
0: Mm. Okay. Um, what is some inside baseball you guys would want to share, right? That that uh, originators don't often uh, get access to, like the behind the closed doors. You guys are, you know, both in, involved in recruiting. You talk to loan officers, I'm sure, quite a lot. You're, you deal with company executives. What would what could you share with them? Right. That if uh, that, you know, remember the old things, top of the stairs, kids are listening in on the parents conversation, top of the stairs, right? Like what would be a conversation you'd want to have LOs here to help them along this process? I
2: think to keep it on kind of subject here, right. Is yeah. them understanding what they take from a signing bonus perspective, you know, when Andy and I look at it, we know that a company is going to try to whatever they give you. They, they've got two years to get it back because you're probably going to take a two year tag in today's market with the money out there, right? So I want them to understand. Just hey, look, here's how the back end works. Here's what they're going to do to your margins, and you're held victim because you took all this money. And that is what I believe is putting these LOs in a in a, in a very difficult position. There's companies out there that have a two year tag. And there's like no drop off every month, meaning, you know, let's just keep it really simple and say two-year tag at uh, $240,000 or $240,000 signing bonus two-year tag, right? So every month, $10,000 historically would drop off, but companies have went away from that. So if they left month 23, they would owe the 240 back plus 9%, 10%, 11%, 12%, I've seen all the way up to 15% uh, interest rate compounded monthly. On that 240, they took. So we've also seen some companies terminate employees um, based on lack of production because of the market that we're in, or not hitting the anticipated production that was promised when they initially sat down. And then they're coming back at the signing bonus plus the percentage. So it's those are some of the things that LOs just don't know how that works on the back end. And yeah. they may open the computer up one day and be like, why am I a quarter of a point out in rate? And the reason is. You took that money up front, and Stu, this is really your world. So if you want to dive in and kind of top that off,
1: I mean, look to piggyback on that piece. I, you're not, if you in Dave's example, if you're spending that money, you're not making that up on the condensed margins that you're running right now in today's world, right? You're going to try and call that back some some way, shape, or form. Um, I mean, it won't be overnight, but it'll be over time, and you'll see you'll see pricing kind of tick away from you. Um, I think the biggest thing that <clears throat> when talking with some people that I've seen is, you know, we, we have talked, we have talked to companies and they like, you know, in 22 that I got, we, we, we weren't not profitable at any point during 22. And you're like, I- I'm sorry, that, that is, that, that's not true. Like nobody went 12, 12 months in 22 without, losing money. They may have sold some servicing. They may have done other things. So their balance sheet doesn't look like it, but from just the origination perspective. So I would say, you know, lifting up the curtain behind the scenes is when people tell you that you really got to dive into it, especially when you've got access to national national data and statistics to look into it. So somebody tells you that, then your next question is, is so you're the anomaly mm. and just see what they see what the response is.
0: Yeah. You mentioned on a call that we had last week about the average company profit after expenses. This is for an independent company. Yes. Recall the number we we talked about? Yeah. I mean, I think so.
1: Uh, so I'm going to go back to 19 because that's probably the best, I'm going to say, quote unquote, normalized market, if you will. <laughs> you know companies would make a- anywhere from a 15 to a 30 basis point profit after all bills are, are are paid and i think some of the thought process out there is that number was closer to a 115 basis points and so mm-hmm. that there was a lot of a lot of wiggle room so obviously with 22 happening and, and how how it was that number was negative, and if you look at the NBA statistics on it in 22, that the hedge or or the cost of hedging your business was actually running at a negative on the national average. So they're actually losing money on 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 tra- on a per
0: transaction basis. Hmm. Wow. I'm just whenever I hear those things, it's just I'm, I'm like, well, how the hell do they stay in business? <laughs> I, most most
1: companies play for the I, I want to make a little on a lot versus a lot on a little.
0: And so you got to, you got to, you got to be, you got to be sharp. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. The other thing we're seeing happening is uh, the uh, attention back on the broker side of things, right? The brokers are better campaign. And I got some brokers I love. I got some peeps out there, but I know you guys have seen both sides of the fence. There's positive negatives to both sides. Who wants to perhaps take that and, you know, give some coaching tips around that?
2: Yeah, I, I guess I'll, even though I know this is like a, a gray area. Look, I think there, there's a place for both in this market and we see that, right? And I can't really argue a big producer opening up their mor- their own mortgage broker shop in today's market, they, they probably will win, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're selling at a different price point than the independent mortgage banker um, and the technology's gotten real good. I think that the tough thing is, is how do you scale that? So, you know, if you take a a, a very respected leader in the industry that maybe is a regional manager that has, you know, 60, 70 loyal LOs out there, I just don't know how you can build out a regional, a branch, a divisional manager when you're running on like a, a rate sheet that that's selling the lowest rate out there. Right. And so I think there's a place for both. I think that the scalability on the broker side, they've done a great job with. I have nothing bad to say about brokers and I'm a mortgage banker. I think for, for me personally, I just like to control the process a little bit more knowing if I have something go off the conveyor belt, I can call Stu and say, Hey, how do we get the Jones or Smith file back onto the back into the system here? So I love both. And I think there's a place for both. And I think the problem is with the independent mortgage banks that we work for, is the lack of transparency from the independent mortgage banks over the last twenty years with what they're doing on the back end with margins, how they're grabbing these signing bonuses back, how they're referring something as an internal lead and, and cutting com. I think that's really why the brokers started thriving. And then there's some great leaders in the in the broker community that have been great at getting it out from a social media standpoint. And I think any independent that should be frustrated, be frustrated with yourself right? You're the one that created it. They left you and went to the broker world. So I think, although I am an independent mortgage bank, I definitely see the positivity of the mortgage broker as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one thing that I would say is if you are are in the independent space or working for an independent and going to the broker world, I think the things that you probably don't think about, is the efficiencies so I take my team with me so I've got my assistant, my processor, you know, marketing, whatever it might be. Well, they they did every every unit pretty much pretty much went through the conveyor belt the same way. But if I've got twelve or fifteen different people that I'm selling loans to to see who's hot uh, from a pricing perspective, is my team well versed in their process? And now that process has probably got a lot of similarities, but, you know, from one place to another, there's going to be some quirks and that could, that could be a hiccup. And it's, it's not a negative. It's just not what somebody coming from the independent is used to. So it's just being aware of that and understanding that there's, there are some real potential hurdles there. And then same is true where your freedom of, if you went from a broker to an independent, your freedom of being able to, to, to look at seven different investors and look at pricing and go borrower paid to lender paid comp, now you're going to an independent and it's much more structured and rigid because it's more scrutinized, quite, quite honestly. So, I mean, there's, there's pitfalls to both and it's just understanding what they are before you make your decision is probably the most important piece. There's yeah. not a right or wrong answer there.
0: Sure. Yeah. And it goes back to what we said earlier, which is, are you running away or running to, right? Correct. And looking at leadership, operations comp, you know, probably in that order, roughly, with comp typically being in the third position. Um, I'm, I'm reading, a, grabbing an article here from Housing Wire. Granted, it's from July of 2022, which is a year ago. Um, it was saying that turnover is 30 to 40% on average and a tenure of around three to four years. Is that still relatively the same, you think?
2: Yeah, I do. I think that what we have been able to see now is the independent mortgage bank's gotten a little bit smarter in regards to looking on the LinkedIn's, the Instagram's, you can start to see a history, right? There, there are, and I would say this, what we've seen personally is the there's the 30 to $50 million producer that will move every three to four years. And that might be part of their business strategy, right? I'll take a two, $300,000 check every three to four years and, I'll never move my business north, but I'll always do 30, 40 million. If I'm at ABC Mortgage, DEF Mortgage Broker, I know that I'm going to do 30 to 40 million. So it's a nice way to grab a little bit of extra income, trying to get towards that ultimate goal, right? Of retirement. The flip side to that is you don't see, if you really look at the statistics, the big time producers, and we're talking the ones making a million, two million, three million a year, you'll see longevity there right? Now they're going to cut into your margins really hard, but back to, you're going to make a little bit of a lot. So those people tend to not, you know, run away from something. They actually run to something, right? But their turnover is a lot less. So, you know, Andy, I don't know if you have different stats than me, but what I've seen personally, when you look through these is yes, every three years, you know, you'll see that 20, 30 to $50 million producer, they're, they're actually just running towards a check. They're not even running away from something because it's part of their business strategy.
0: Hmm. I would say agree. Okay. Um, All right. In the last few minutes we have, I've got, I've got to do this just because that might be fun. We'll see Um, with the yellows, you know, there's the, you see the people, or at least I have, uh, you know, complaining about the recruiting process or how they're being approached, you know, with, I don't, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Or is this, we take the calls take Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> in creative. I will say that certainly I'm sure <laughs> overwhelming to the LOs, um, you know, Andy and I, we've been br- really blessed to, to have a couple of partners that are mega producers. So we kind of know what the, what the spiel is out there when, you know, they're soliciting towards the top producers, but look, I think it's great. I, I think this, right. Why wouldn't you take a call? And educate yourself on what the competition's doing. That could kind of identify the outlier. Meaning, back to Andy's comment, why is this company paying 7X? Well, do a little research there. Call some of the branches. Don't call the people they tell you to call. Of course, they're going to say the right thing. Right. Just grab a branch list and call random people. I say this about our organization all the time. I'll give you the list of our entire organization. And guess what? You may call someone that's really pissed off that day. Mm-hmm. But... I feel confident enough in our transparency um, to be able to say, hey, look, you might just get a random call from someone. So that's what I would encourage, even if it's a mortgage broker or somebody in the independent mortgage side, just grab the phone, look it up in Google, start calling random offices and say, hey, I'm thinking about joining your company. Tell me about it. And you'll find people that say, don't come, right? Um, and, And that's kind of some of the things that Andy and I uh, went through back in the day when we were looking at transitions. And, and it does shock the owners when you're like, well, hey, listen, I know you gave me this list to call this person and this person and this person, but I actually found this branch down in Austin, Texas. They're not real happy with you. And right. here's what I'm about now.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, that goes back to something, uh, I don't know if we said this last time, but you know, it, it's all about, we said leadership, but it's also regional or local. Like it can be the same company, but New York and LA can be completely different no doubt. Mm. So do your due diligence is what you're saying. Yes. Cause I don't think
2: that, look, if someone comes to a, a corporate America, you're going to give them your top of the line people that are going to feed them everything they want. You don't even know if they're getting an override if you join or not. Right. So right, right. in your margin. So of course they're going to say the right thing, but I really encourage people. And this is kind of going back to where we want people to send their employment contracts to us. We'll help you do the research. I think the worst thing anyone can do is take the money and then realize in six months, oh shit, I, I just absolutely signed up with a horrible marriage partner. And now I'm stuck for the next you know, 16 to 20 months, and I'm going to lose a lot of good referral sources because of that money I took you know, six months ago.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How difficult are these clawbacks on signing bonuses to enforce?
1: Everything that I've seen, if you accept, if there is a monetary transaction that that takes place, <clears throat> they're they're pretty good. Now, if you're talking about like a non-solicit, non-compete, that comes down to <clears throat> if it's just that most states are an at-will state, or many of them, so those are harder to enforce if there's no monetary exchange in between. But if there's a monetary exchange for the signed agreement. They're pretty, I mean, not saying that you're, you're dead to rights with it, but you're, you're going to pay somebody to help
0: you try and get out of it for sure, at the bare minimum. Hmm. Interesting. What, uh, I guess then closing comments, what do you guys, you've got an audience of loan officers listening, right? What do you want them to know? Um, from a recruiter's standpoint, from you guys, you're interfacing with loan officers. Like you have this chance to like set the record straight. Hey, we're not all trying to, you know, bug you or whatever. Like, what do you want to say to LOs?
1: Andy, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah. I I mean, the couple of things that I would say is if you're picking up that phone call and you have a bad day and you're having a bad day and you want to have that conversation, get their number and tell them you're calling back in 24 hours. And then let's see where your head's at. Um, the other piece is some of these calls are when they come in and they tell you how bad your current company is before they even say a lick about their own, mm. prob- probably not worth the time, money, and energy that you're going to l- waste, lose, or or not realize by having a conversation like that. Because that's <clears throat> at the end of the day, the pie in this business is big enough for everybody there, it doesn't need to be just one company that does every every loan under the sun. it, it it's it's right, the right fit for the right guy and you know I might be the right fit, Dave might be the right fit, you might be the right fit and it might be oil and water. So I, I just think it's important to focus on if you're taking a call, is it what's best for the company and the recruiter or, or is it what's best for you and the company? You always got to be able to come out with a win-win because win loses never last
0: right okay that was good dave put a cherry on top of that
2: yeah look i know this is going to hurt but listen loan officers branch managers regional managers it's you right you're the problem right like if you're running towards something go for it right but if you're running away just just be honest with the company and transparent i would love it if someone came to andy and i said listen We've done no research on you. We're broke, right? We would have a vetting process, but I would love that individual. Instead, they want to come in and talk about, my company's not doing this. My company's not doing that. My company's not doing that. Here's a newsflash. We all sell to the same damn place. We're all the same, right? It's a commoditized business. The only difference is, how does the loan get there from a service standpoint and the comp coming back out? The technology, the social media platforms, the marketing departments, it's all fluff. You can buy it all, LOs, branch managers, regional managers. You can get a third party source to do all of that. Right. So just make sure that you're running towards something or just be transparent with the company and say, look, you know what? I didn't prepare financially for this. I got to take a check for the next 24 months. And you got 24 months to prove to me that I made the right decision. And that's a win win. Both.
0: There you go. That's positioning right there, man. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> All right. Now, one of the things you guys also offered uh, as a chance for those who might want to connect with you, I have written down, keep me honest on this, Andy and Dave are open to doing a second opinion. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. Do you want to explain what that means at all before we? Uh, yeah.
1: I, I mean, look, quite, quite simply, um, and no offense to, to Dave as a partner of mine, when we, when we received our contract, the call he made was, can I sign this? I said, well, did you read it? He's like no, that's why you're here. So I, I think he, I think he falls, and not to throw Dave on the sword here, but I think he falls into to a lot of, you know, the devil is in the details. So if you want a second look to say, hey, look, am I signing something that could bite me in the in the rear? I we're happy to take a look at it, dive into it, and say, yeah, here's. I mean, there's no strings attached. It's what's best for you and your family. And you're just, we're out here to try and help protect them from, from themselves.
0: Yeah. Right. What you don't know. You don't know what you don't know.
1: Correct.
2: And, and I want to make it clear with this, we will never pitch homeside, our private label group, nothing. We will not do that. I truly think that educating everybody out there as to what they're doing. The funny thing is, Jeff, if I was going to say, Hey, Jeff, I'm going to give you a $500,000 loan. Here's the disclosures you got to sign. You would look at every single line. But if I tell you, hey, Jeff, here's 500 grand, sign here. I'm going to put 500 grand in your account tomorrow. I just say sign here, here, and here. And most salespeople will just sign it, right? But what they're really doing is they're they're holding themselves captive. So we'll even look at at packages. We are very in tune with where rates are in every pocket of the country because of the blessings we've had to, to be a national brand. Um, so really, I just want to educate everybody. Hey, look, you know, Andy is a a detailed guy. I'm not, um, we, we both together follow pricing very well. We look at a lot of contracts. Andy is able to just, Hey, look, if, if you get anything out of it, go ask this question to your, your, your future employer. Like we, this doesn't make sense to me in here. And if we can do that and just affect one person, this podcast was worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to bring you guys on, by the way, because it's not the normal conversation, right? Um, But uh, let's face it. It's one that I think we can help people get some context on. And if they need some additional guidance or support, we're going to provide a way for them to reach out to you, which uh, we already covered this earlier, which is I'm going to put a link to both of your LinkedIn profiles in the show notes so that people can connect with you individually. If they choose to follow you, whatever the heck they want to do, they can do so. No expectations, no strings attached, no nothing. I, th- I do. I love what you said, Dave, because that's what I'm all about as well as education. And uh, yeah, it, it, and when you're making these kinds of decisions, you got to be informed. So get informed, right? Um, get it, the right people around you.
2: That's a great way to put it, Jeff. Get informed. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: All right, guys, listen, um, I'm going to let you go, give you back your time for the day. I appreciate you guys being here very much.
2: Hey, we Jeff, appreciate you for having us. Thank you, everyone.
0: All right, everybody, you know what to do. If you like this episode, please leave us a review, share it with somebody that you think might find this useful. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye for now. Hey guys, what's up real quick. uh, You've heard about the Mortgage Marketing Pro membership before. And I just want to quickly remind you if that you're in a place in your business where you simply need more purchase loans, you need to fill your pipeline with purchase business. Let's just face it. Agents are still a solid pillar of business and sources of purchase business for you. Well, good news. Our Mortgage Marketing Pro membership helps loan officers like you close more loans without the hassle of chasing agents or cold calling. Done for you agent classes, expert training videos, a marketing automation platform that automates the entire process for you. Everything you need to build your personal brand in your local market, attract and convert agents into referral partners. Plus done for you proven marketing materials and plug and play content to make promoting your class, getting agents butts and seats, partnering with affiliates, real easy. But that's not all. You'll also get access to our weekly mastermind calls with top LOs, authors, speakers, and coaches to learn the best strategies to grow your business right now in today's market. And as an extra bonus for a limited time, for all new members, you'll get access to a database of 200 agents in your local market that have closed anywhere from eight to 50 transactions in the last 12 months, and we'll provide that list, upload into our platform for you so you can get off to a fast start in reaching actually productive agents. So what are you waiting for? You can check out more at mortgagemarketing.pro, see more of the success stories there. And if you feel compelled to do so, book a call. We'll have a chat. We'll see if it's a fit. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your mortgage business to the next level right now. Head over to mortgagemarketing.pro.